Glistening Particles, and I'm Jane, your host. I like to hear inspiring stories for people that I barely know and share them with you, and that's what we do here. I never know how it's going to go. I never know what they're going to say, but it's always a good story. Before we get started, I want to take a moment to thank you for listening. I'd love to start connecting with you, my listeners. If you'd like to share your thoughts about this episode or any of the episodes, watch for posts for each of them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I can imagine the energy of connecting over these inspiring people's stories. I mean, maybe, just maybe, you have the same passion, or maybe you've been wanting to talk to someone with this thing going on. Yes, we need to talk. Come find me. Hello, listeners. Welcome to this week's episode. So we are on the countdown here to episode 50 and our one-year anniversary of Glistening Particles. Can you believe it? And in this episode, you're hearing literally round three of my conversation with Sarah Barlow. Sarah's a friend of mine. I met through some random experiences a few years ago, and you'll hear about that in the show. And she was also one of the very first people to have a conversation with me. Actually, I think the very first to practice this whole thing about doing a podcast. And then we did a second one because the first one uh, did not quite work out. And then we did a second one and then uh, the format changed a little bit and we did a third and this is it. What you'll probably find by listening to Sarah's story is you'll kind of enter this bubble of calm and compassion and you'll at the end you'll just be like, oh, I feel so good because she is that kind of person and I'm so lucky to have her in my life. So sit back, relax, and enjoy a conversation with Sarah Barlow, Reiki Master. Hi, Sarah. Welcome to the show. Hi, Jane. Thanks for having me. Uh, We're doing this uh, for probably round three. You were my early, early, early guinea pig in the early days of podcasting before it actually became um, a show. So I want to thank you, first of all, for doing this with me again. Yeah, I'm so excited. excited. (laughs) And it's evolved. When we were doing it originally, we were kind of taking a different premise. And now it's all about um, how you're following your passion. So let's start out with telling people how we met. So we met at back in the day when Chakra House was a place, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And Tina had a really cool class on, I think it was meditation maybe and um what was it on on your energy basically on energy type of things right yeah I think something along those lines are like intuitive development and um yeah connecting with that a little bit more strongly and how to take care of yourself intuitively I think yeah um, it was things that came up it was really crazy because well first of all there were they normally that class when she would do it which was probably a couple times a year I think she said she had about eight people. And Hmm. when she put that class up, 
people kept calling and calling and calling to the point that there were 27 people in the class. <laughs> yeah, we were pretty packed. It yeah. was a nice group. <laughs> it was a sardine yoga mat situation <laughs> for sure. But it was so it was so eclectic too. I mean, there were so many different like different walks of life in there which made it really cool because I know for me I was really new to this and I didn't know what I was I didn't know what I was doing. So I but I didn't feel too bad because there were other people that were new to it. And um, then there were some seasoned healers and things like that. And then we sort of went our separate ways. And then one day I went to have Reiki and I bumped into you. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah, A totally different place. Yeah. 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 And I'm like, you look familiar. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I recognize you too. And um, I'm really glad we reconnected because, I mean, you're just such a spark. And I remember seeing that in you at the class, um, but we didn't really have a chance to to connect more in depth. So... um, yeah, so it's it's been a really fun journey reconnecting with you. I know. I kind of think like you and I, we've talked about this. I feel like we've known each other forever. And I mean like yeah. ever of all time. So um, it was destiny that we were going to connect again. And just for you guys, for everyone's uh, information, she we met around the time I was getting – learning to do Reiki myself. And so yeah. we did this, we did that cool thing. Remember where we did um, four-handed Reiki? So yes. yeah, you yeah. were the expert and I was sort of the newbie and um, we'd go in a room for 20 minutes with people, believe it or not. And um, they would, uh, we'd rest our hands on them and do Reiki with them. And it was like, it seems so foreign to me to do the four-handed thing, but it was really powerful, mm-hmm. wasn't it? It was, it was. Um, I think we, we did a really nice job with that. And you were such a great person to work with. You know, I felt like we flowed so well together. And um, I think it's a nice way to introduce people to Reiki. Um, so it was, it was really fun. I really enjoyed yeah. doing it. And was I might it? ask you to do that again at some Ooh. point, depending oh. on how things go. We'll I think see. I would. You're not too I think busy I would. with life. Right. <laughs> well, that's the only thing, right? And, and you know, so yeah, yeah, it was a great way to introduce people to it. And it was, sometimes we would have, well, what was fun is, you know, people would be lying down and have their eyes closed and we would be working usually at different parts of people's bodies. And all of a sudden, like I'd, I'd have a sensation and I'd look up at you and you would be like nodding your head like, yeah, I felt that too. <laughs> so we would have that. It was cool like um, channeling that together and experiencing mm-hmm. it together. And and I learned so much from you. It was it was an amazing experience. But um, it always felt a little funny going in a room with two people standing there. Yeah. <laughs> we're just going to rest our hands on you. And, and, <laughs> and a lot of people were pretty – moved by it too like afterwards when we talk with them so mm-hmm. yeah that's a powerful stuff about actually having the two practitioners I think you know you can get a lot more done and um, yeah if people are willing enough to even come to a Reiki circle or share I can't remember what we called it but um, I think it was clinic we were super yeah that's super it. medical yeah. about it the clinic right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah I think if they're open enough to come there, I think there's a part of them that's ready to crack open a little bit too, mm-hmm. you know, so yeah, it was kind of like prime prime environment to get some of those things going mm-hmm. definitely yeah so um what i what I've saw and work getting to know you and working with you was that you have such a passion for healing, and I know that I learned so much from you, and just watching you, even observing the way that you work with people. Mm-hmm. was was part of what built my uh, gave me my ability to do that with people as well. So oh, I wanted you. to have you here today to mainly talk about well to talk about this passion and how you got to it. Yeah. Um so I guess the passion for healing um 
probably actually started more with introspection and self-healing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, for most of my life, I don't think I ever considered myself a healer. And even a few years into practicing, I, I finally started to realize, oh, yeah, like, I can call myself a healer. <laughs> um, <laughs> I know, it's, it sounds really like like high and mighty, but it's it's really the work that you do. I mean, it's actually what you do. So you should definitely call yourself that. <laughs> well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I, I finally embrace that. Um, but I think, yeah, a lot of it is about, for me, it's really about um, personal growth and really diving in and uncovering um, those bits of myself that I haven't yet explored um, and learning to to love those parts of myself that I've rejected as corny as it sounds. And um, and to be able to access, um, a space of like coming from the heart, um, more and more often. Um, and so, and then like just doing that work within myself, um, I, I want to help others do that too. Um, or whoever's looking for it, you know, to find more grace and ease in our lives when we so often are suffering, um, oftentimes because, we misunderstand something, mm-hmm. <laughs> you right. know, or um, a belief that we're holding that really just isn't true, but we think it's true. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's really what it comes from, um, of just doing this, my own transformation and um, realizing how important it is. Um, yeah, and I was actually kind of reflecting on some of this um, earlier about like how I got into this work and like what I feel like my life purpose is. And I had some really challenging times, um, growing up, not like externally, like mm-hmm. my life was really easy <laughs> in some ways, you know, my family really loved me. I, I had a lot of the resources that way. So it wasn't like that, but, um, my inner world. Yeah, I totally, I totally get that. That's what I say to people. So, like we, I think we come in with um, in this, in our life with, you know, one of three, and that's making a short list, three challenges. And it's either environmental, like, you know, um, third world countries where, you know, the resources are so limited or, um, in a family that is unloving or abusive or our own, our own minds, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So what, what led you to start like working on healing and looking into that sort of, way of living Mm. your life Mm. you mean like before reiki even or yeah yep Mm -hmm. um yeah that's a great question so i think the turning point for me um i mean i've had there's been many turning points in my life as i think we all have Mm -hmm. um um but i think one of the big ones that i really started to dive in to this self-exploration and healing work was um, when I was in college, I um, had a really hard semester <laughs> one mm-hmm. year. Um, I was feeling really disconnected from some of my core friends. Um, some things with my family were starting to fall apart. Like my dad got laid off. Um, my grandfather got sick and then passed away within a short period of time. And I was really close with him. Mm-hmm. Um, my, the family cat passed away. Um, and she, I grew up with her. Um, and I was feeling discontent with, um, my major, I was studying education and I had this feeling that had been lingering for a couple of years of like that, 
that didn't work for me anymore. And I didn't have the courage to actually allow myself to change gears. So I had all these different themes kind of like coming to a head. And um, I, I, I was just really suffering <laughs> inside. Um, right. I was totally um, caught up in attachment, essentially, like, um, I, and I felt like, as all of these things um, started to fall apart, um, like that I didn't have anything to hold on to. That yeah, I was just picturing that as you were saying it, like when, when, especially when you don't know, like a lot of the terms you're using now are terms you probably learned along the way. Yes. You wouldn't know how to put them together back then. And it's almost like you're grasping for everything around you that you know is part of who you are. And then when, when suddenly that isn't it, when being a teacher, isn't it, or, you know, your cat isn't there or your grandpa's not there or your dad is, you know, uh, the, the, the security of a job isn't there. All of a sudden it's like, what do you hang on to? I'm falling, you know, where, yeah. where do I grab? Exactly. I think that's a exactly. common point for people to, um, sort of like to use a very commonly used term to wake up to mm -hmm. something different. Can you describe how that went for you? Yeah. Um, yeah. So as, I mean, I was in that, um, I mean, there were definitely moments that I felt it really strongly and the moment that it like really hit me, I remember all of these things had already come to pass, um, like the death and the laying off and all that stuff. And then all the other factors. And I was at home over winter break, um, when I, and I was just writhing in pain in my bed, not physical pain, but like emotional pain. Like I couldn't believe like how painful it was. Mm -hmm. Um, and that it was even possible. Like I just felt so, um, kind of hopeless, like, um, with not knowing what to do. Like I didn't know, um, yeah, how to navigate my life. Um, you know, feeling lost and like, like not feeling like I had the support that I had had. Um, and what it really did for me, like I had had, um, points in my life before, like actually when I was a kid where I was also like depressed and, mm -hmm. um, suicidal. Um, and at that, this moment when I was in college, like I knew like it was just as dark right. <laughs> or it felt really heavy, but I was like, I knew I didn't want to go that route. And, mm -hmm. um, so actually what did I, I was ended up doing, I called, um, uh, the university where I was at and I set up an appointment with a counselor. Mm-hmm. It was um, like the first time I had allowed myself to go see somebody <laughs> for help like that to actually go see a counselor. So like the first day I got back to school when winter break was over, mm -hmm. um, I saw her and I worked with her throughout the semester. And that really helped a lot. Um, you know, I think there was a part of me, there was like a stigma to getting help that um, I had to overcome in my mind and I had to get so physically uncomfortable mm -hmm. and emotionally uncomfortable to allow, to give myself permission right. <laughs> to say it's, it's okay. <laughs> you know, um, I think, so do, do you find well, though, I mean, I see that so much with people um, who are in that state where they're, you know, they're very unhappy, you know, yeah. very unhappy, but the idea of talking to someone, a counselor or a therapist or whatever it is, it's almost like that would feel worse. And I can tell you, yeah. I mean, just from observation and from life experience, 
my guess is it's going to like 99% of the time not feel worse. It's going to oh, feel yeah. better. Because it's, it doesn't mean that there's a mental health issue. It means that there's um, a perspective that we're missing. Someone needs right. to show us like the spot that we're missing. We're not seeing this part of it is typically yeah. it. Did you, is that how it went for you? Like, did, was it, I mean, I'm sure in the other end of the other side of it, it wasn't like go on ha- massive mental health drugs and, you know, right. shut your life down. It was yeah. like, hey, here's some new perspective. Let's look at this differently. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was sort of like that. Um, yeah. And I knew that I didn't want to be on drugs or anything like that. So we didn't go that route. Right. Well, um, and I, that was sort of a joke. So I, got, I, I, I know you need that. Yeah. But yeah. I think that's what people think will happen is that, oh, they're just going to prescribe drugs. But really, um, that I'm sure that those are in the most extreme cases. And sometimes it's just a matter of being heard. Yeah. Yeah. And that, um, I'm trying to kind of go back into that moment. Um, I think there's a couple of things that was, or that were affecting why I was resistant to go. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember when I was depressed and suicidal as a kid, I had a wow. moment, um, where I was kind of calling out for help. Like I made an attempt, like a half-ass attempt Mm -hmm. of like putting a bag over my head. Sorry, this is getting so heavy. No, it's okay. But um, the the person that was there like yelled at me and said, what's wrong with you? Do I need to take you to see a shrink? And I think that part of my mind was like associated with that. Like, like going to get help with that. Yeah, of like, there's something I, yeah. wrong with me instead of like, I need help of like someone, please help me. So I think right. that resistance um, may have come from that. But belief, it's very common um, though. It's very common though. I mean, that people think that um, getting counseling or therapy is some, something that people, normal people don't do, but really if right. we all, if we all raised our hand, right. And said, yeah. if we ever had counseling of any kind, I think most people would raise their hand. It doesn't mean that it's like going to a psychologist. It could be going to a pastor or a wise person in your life or a, a teacher or a school counselor or a, an actual counselor counselor or a therapist. It could be all those things. Mm-hmm. But people, if we weren't, if, if we're human, we have times in our life where we seek counsel. It's just, and that it's unfortunate right. that people think that. And I'm not, I understand what you're going through. I understand it from being in the same place myself at points in my life. Yeah. But I'm trying to um, hit home the idea that this is really normal. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, what I know now, mm-hmm. you know, I, I totally agree with you. Right. You know, yeah. I wish I had known that then. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I think we all need support. Right. And it, um, it's like life can be challenging and it doesn't mean that we're mentally ill, mm-hmm. <laughs> that we need to get support. It's just, you know, I think a lot of times we just need to know we're not alone right. or to know that whatever we're experiencing is actually a normal part of the human experience. Even mm-hmm. if, you know, it's anger or grief or whatever it is, um, so yeah, I, I I totally agree with you, and I think anyone could benefit from mm-hmm. getting support, whether it's um, counseling or massage or so going to see their spiritual um, um, that the spiritual head of their community, mm-hmm. um, or even just a massage, like right. tuning in <laughs> yourself. Like it's okay to get help, and right. that maybe that's ultimately one of the big lessons I've learned of like it's okay. 
to not be perfect. It's okay to not have this stuff figured out. It's okay to um, get resources. So, at what, um, at what point then did you decide that like you were going to redirect your path into healing arts? Yeah. Um, so, so I had um, I'd done the counseling for a little while. Um, then I got into life coaching, like receiving life uh-huh. coaching. Right. Um, which was really great. And around the same time that I was um, getting the life coaching, I was um, working as a, a teacher at a child care center. Mm-hmm. And I had a really rough day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it was like really bad. Like the kid like pooped in the middle of the floor. Oh, <laughs> there was those just days. Bunch of other, like, those things. days. Like, oh my gosh, are you serious? <laughs> and I was just like, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> um, so I... It was like in that moment that I officially allowed myself to throw in the towel um, and started exploring different avenues of what might potentially pique my interest because I had always been interested in teaching and Mm -hmm. I didn't really know what else I would do otherwise. Um, So a couple of things stood out to me um, when I was doing like some online quizzes, uh, like naturopathic medicine Mm -hmm. and eco-psychology. And I was reading, I had like a ton of books checked out from the library. I was exploring a bunch of things um, in that regard. And then I was still working at the child care center that summer. Mm-hmm. And I got the chance to work with a woman who did uh, Reiki for horses. And oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I had just learned about Reiki like within a month or so. So I really didn't know very much about it. Um, and I just really connected with her. Um, like her stories fascinated me about it. And, um, I had been longing for a deeper connection to something and just the conversations I had with her helped me get a glimpse of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so she had encouraged me to take a class in Reiki and, um, I, I took one that August and it just blew my mind away. Um, I thought it was going to be more of an exploratory class of just mm-hmm. like, Hey, check it out. And, um, yeah, it ended up being something that resonated so strong, strongly with me that I decided to go with it. That's so cool and, when that happens. It doesn't happen for everybody that intensely. So yeah. lucky. Yeah, it for was that. a real gift. It was a huge gift. It was like, it just blew my mind open. Um, do you want to explain? I'm sorry. Do you want to explain what Reiki is? I thought I realized we probably should have explained yeah. that because maybe not everybody knows. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Reiki is, um, a healing art. Um, it works with the subtle energy of the body, uh, to bring balance. So it can work on the mental level, emotional, physical level, because mm-hmm. all parts of us are energy. When you really zoom in to the smaller parts of us into our atoms and all of that, um, and Reiki, there's many different energy modalities, uh, but Reiki itself, um, the modality originates from Japan, and it means sacred, uh, universal life force energy. So um, the way I think of it is Reiki is energy that surrounds and permeates everything. Mm. Um, so when we tune into that, and um, like if you're a Reiki practitioner or you're receiving Reiki, it allows this universal energy to flow into you. Um, and help to balance your body mm-hmm. and uh, work with your body's wisdom to balance it. So um, so it's not my personal energy that's 
doing any of the work. It's the Reiki energy that does it. And you can do that whether you're in the room with a person or whether they're on the other side of the globe, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah that's the really neat, uh, trippy part oh, yeah, that's I sometimes know. hard to, uh, for people to wrap their minds around. But yeah, you absolutely can. Um, and it's really fascinating because science is starting to um, prove that some of the phenomena, like this non-locality um, and entanglement, that it actually exists to allow these things to happen. Um so I, I, I just find that awesome. I think <laughs> we're finally catching up to what I know. I love um, when I love when science proves what I already believe. That's always a good day. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I mean, yeah, yeah, totally. So um so in a nutshell, yeah, that's that's Reiki and I know it's kind of far out there for some, but um I think when it's ex- actually experienced, um, that's when the truth of it really comes oh, out. And you know we'll have your contact information on the show so <laughs> people can get their distance Reiki around the world if you like. And yeah. <clears throat> as a occasional recipient of your Reiki, anytime I can, um, it, <laughs> I will I will tell you that um, everyone listening that she's spectacular. Your work is spectacular. And uh, so we're like so give it a try if you haven't haven't tried it before. Thank you, Jane. <laughs> uh, you're welcome. So um, then, so you started doing Reiki and got trained in that. And then is that at that point, did you um, start your own business with it or how did that go? Yeah. Um, so I wanted to um, pretty much right away after I got out of my Reiki training. Um, and I had kind of started to put some of the pieces into the mix and then um, – yeah, my mom actually had a pretty significant stroke. Um, we weren't even sure if she was going to make it, but she did. Um, I ended up giving her Reiki throughout that. So I kind of got, um, like, <laughs> I took a segue away from the business a little bit mm-hmm. uh, into doing that, which actually was exactly the way things needed to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, it really showed me the the power that Reiki can have. Um, so... And then um, after she recovered, um, which she did, thankfully, uh, she may not have. Um, That's amazing. I mean, that you know, we were glossing over that story, but we totally are. Yeah. There are so <laughs> many true stories like that. If you and I sat down and um, just, I mean, I have about ten percent of the ones that you have, but we would be able to like lay out, you know, hours of stories where it's made a difference in people's healing, like phenomenally made a difference. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, that's one thing I look forward to people learning more about and embracing more is just these other methods of healing, even if, if they can't make the leap and not do the traditional ones, but do it in, as a supplementation to that. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it's a great supplement. I mean, mm-hmm. it just, it helps everything flow more easily. It helps your body be more receptive to anything that it's doing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so it's great to with um, Western treatments or anything else. Absolutely. Totally. Yeah, I, I think my first experience with Reiki was when I had like a baseball sized um, welt on my ankle after I wiped, I wiped out on a ATV. And yeah. it wouldn't go anywhere. And I was even getting actually I had acupuncture done on it, but it was not making it go down. And I went to had Reiki on it, and um, the next day it was half the size. And what she had said was that, and this is where the woo-woo part comes in, but I was holding all of the anger of that moment in my ankle. And until she released that trauma, my ankle couldn't heal. And so that's what really everything that we experience in our body is trauma in one way or another, 
mm-hmm. um, blocking our flow. Yeah. And that's what you do with Reiki is you clear that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I think of it as our liberation, essentially. I, like that. I mean, you can walk around with anger in your ankle if you want, <laughs> <laughs> or you can right. let it go. And, right. you know, and life just gets more and more beautiful and joyful and you can feel more accepted and more loving and more um, connected more connected yeah you know, when you're not distracted by Absolutely. pain and discomfort you mm-hmm. can live you know right right and that's that's really what I feel um for myself and it's going on eight years that I've been practicing of just how much my life has evolved um and I feel so much more present and connected, like you said. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a real gift. And and there's more work to be done. <laughs> but it's been a great undercurrent for allowing that to unfold. Well, I really love how you've, you know, you could have just talked about your healing work on others. And I, I actually love quite a bit how you tied it into the work that you did for yourself. Because I think there's sort of a um, an authenticity when you're doing work that you know that you that you had to go through yourself, right? Yeah, it's like um, um, mm. if you're a doctor that uh, you know if you're in the medical profession and you know the person chooses to you know do lots of things that aren't good for their health, but then is trying to heal people, you know, and have mm. them do good things for their health. It's sort of like a it's a little bit hypocritical and it's a little bit hard right. to understand that. But you've gone through, I mean, I feel like you've gone through the work to um, really understand what people are going through. Yeah, I, I certainly, um, I certainly try, mm-hmm. you know, and I, oh, I you do. definitely, <laughs> well, you thank do. you. And yeah, I mean, I, I think in, you know, with that full transparency, I don't have all my stuff figured out. Um, and I think the what served me in helping others is the willingness to be with my stuff mm-hmm. <laughs> and to be like, well, what is going on here? And, um, how can I really help myself? And is all of this stuff really true of what I'm thinking or what I'm feeling? Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and yeah, and of the way that, um, I've noticed things to have, progressed with my, um, profession is that, you know, I've worked with some of my own issues. And then once I get to a place of some resolution, I'll get a slew of clients who have, have similar issues. I'm like, okay, now I've got the tools to offer for you. I've got, I've developed some of the compassion mm-hmm. around that area so I can be more fully present with them. Um, in a way that I maybe would not have been able to if they had come to see me before I had that right. thing come up. So, um, yeah, I think I think it really is about that cultivation of that um, within it myself, and um, yeah, and then it's sharing it. Mm-hmm. You know, I think we're we are the student, <laughs> and we we learn from life and its experience and. Um, yeah, and then we sh- offer it to others who are looking for what we have to offer, you know, so. I, I think that um, the fact that you can, part of doing the work that you do so well is that you go into it with full compassion and non-judgment, and that's that's key to doing the kind of, when you're doing energy work and working with people, because, you know, you're hearing their stuff, you're hearing their, you mm-hmm. know, sometimes you're seeing or feeling or hearing some of their 
deepest, darkest things. And the only way to be witness to that is to be fully compassionate and non-judgmental. And and you definitely have mastered that. I mean, um, it's been it's amazing to watch you with people and see that like this this comfort, this place of comfort that you give them. Well, thank you. I mm-hmm. think you know, like what's um, what's helped me with that is some um, a lot of Buddhist practices have really helped me with mm-hmm. that. They talk about um, you know leaning into the pain. Mm-hmm. Um, which you and, know is my least favorite thing to do. We all know that, right? <laughs> it's the least favorite thing for most of us. And I, I don't know. Say, I think I win that award. <laughs> and I want to say too, you know, like I have a hard time when I'm dealing with my stuff too. It's, it's definitely a practice. Mm-hmm. Um, but the more that we can be present with ourselves when something isn't going the way we want it to go, um, the more we can be with others. So mm-hmm. Um, sorry, I'm kind of repeating myself here, but, um, it's a good point to hit home though. (laughs) Yeah. So I think, I think that's it. And what I've kind of learned too, is that, yeah, things aren't always as they seem. Mm -hmm. So, um, and I don't necessarily believe in right or wrong Mm -hmm. that things are just happening, um, or that they're being experienced. So I think that 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 takes some of the edge off mm-hmm. of like putting something in a box of, oh, that was wrong or you shouldn't be saying that or shouldn't be going there. I'm like, okay, this is just how you feel. Mm-hmm. And we need to give it room to air out. And the more that we accept things as they are, um, as like in the healing process, mm-hmm. it allows it to... Um, be what it is and eventually it runs its course and then it's gone or, you know, it's transformed. So if we were to um, condemn it or judge it or try to push it down, we actually make ourselves kind of subservient (laughs) to that. Um, So yeah, there's some other practices too that I found really helpful. um, Like, uh, in nonviolent communication, um, mm-hmm. I've been going to a practice group for that. And our leader talks about uh, pulling up a chair <laughs> for all of your different thoughts or your anger mm-hmm. or for your grief, for your fear, and just letting them be there. You know, they're, they're there to try to get your attention. Mm-hmm. Uh, something needs, he, needs to be brought to light. Something needs love. Something right. needs the compassion. And if we give it room to um express that most likely it's going to quiet down <laughs> and it's not going to be in our face um well, and you and think about the, when you oh. think about the chairs you pull up for joy and excitement and love it's like they get a couch right so <laughs> sometimes right. sometimes these other emotions need to have a chance to be in the room as well it's that's a big mm-hmm. practice i mean that's been a change for for me for sure is letting all of those emotions have space and also um realizing that I'm the observer, you know, I think I've taught, I don't want to go into that in great detail because I know I talk about it all the time, but it's a huge, it's a huge shift when we stop just being like the victim of our emotions, but rather an observer and a, uh, 
on the same bus as them instead of, mm-hmm. and not letting them all have turns driving the bus, I guess. Right. Yeah. Cause some of them you don't want driving the bus, right? No, <laughs> definitely want- not. I can name three <laughs> of them right now, actually. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I've been thinking- oh, oh, go, go ahead. ahead. No, you go ahead. Um, I, I've been thinking a lot about this lately, you know, kind of in terms of the world and, you know, within myself and, um, like I've, I've had an instance in the last couple of weeks where someone was bringing up to me all of the things that I didn't like about myself, <laughs> you know, it That's was like so a fun. huge fear. <laughs> it was not fun. You know, I was like, Oh, my, my arrogance, my dominating my victimhood. And, and, um, I had an epiphany in that herb. Oh, I love epiphany. Processing that. Yeah. And I was like, I had heard about this intellectually before, but I just, it didn't click. And it's like, those are the parts of me that I've rejected. Mm. I thought they were just not acknowledging my goodness. I'm like, no, those are the parts of me I'd, I don't love yet. Right. And when I actually accept them and say, yes, yes, sometimes I am arrogant. <laughs> yes. Sometimes I do dominate. Yes. Sometimes I am a victim that being called those things wouldn't have an effect once I fully allow them in, you know, it's like if I, if my like soul or like my heart were a home right? and I've got all the parts that I love in here, like my joy, my compassion, my, um, I don't know, um, patience. Mm-hmm. And then I've got all of the jackals outside and I right. locked them out. And someone's like, you've got all these jackals out here. What's right. all that about? You know, like, no, I don't have jackals. What are you talking about? Right. Like, what if I just let them in warm right. up by like my inner fire, you know, or, and like, just get some rest and comfort. Um, like that's, that's what I've been exploring lately of, this idea of like having an inner sanctuary within myself, like an inner fire where mm-hmm. I let all these troubled parts come in oh, and let I like them all that. melt away. And it's, it's starting to sink in a little more. Like, I think that's where that's what I need to do right now. And um, my hope is that as I continue to practice that I'll be able to um, offer that sanctuary, offer that warmth, that uh, kindness, that comfort to those parts of other people that I've struggled with. Um, And I mean, they're all over the place, Mm -hmm. you know, (laughs) I mean, there's plenty of opportunities to practice. Um, Well, and I think for you, it's going to be an opportunity to teach because that's something you're doing now as well, right? In your work? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I I, I do think that's what you are. Is a, a, a teacher and a healer, so you were sort of ha- on the right track to a degree, just right. not, not really realizing what you were going to teach. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. Um, that's exactly right. I've always felt in my bones that I was a teacher, mm-hmm. um, even when I was a little kid. And uh, yeah, I think my background in education it gave me the tools um, to teach. Yeah, this work, mm-hmm. Reiki, and I think just growth and, you know, self-kindness and all of that to make that, um, to give me another way to explore that and to share it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, and it's really fun. <laughs> I do enjoy teaching in a lot of ways. 
um, just seeing people grow and light mm-hmm. up. And yeah, seeing their curiosities, like they're like, yeah. oh, I can do that. We can do that. Yeah, it's it's fun yeah. to teach something that you especially love too. Mm-hmm. And something that you know is making a difference for not only uh, for the people, but for the world because it's creating more healers, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's um, what I, I've been thinking a lot about that lately too. Like with everything that's going on, um, especially in our country, uh, but I mean, it's happening all over the world. I've been checking in with myself of like, what, what am I, what is my role right mm-hmm. now? What am I, what can I do to help the world to serve? And I feel grateful that the vast majority of the time when I ask, it's like, I'm already doing it. Mm. Like this, this is the work. And, um, to continue, um, connecting with that and valuing that, knowing that it is very important. Um, and in, in addition to that, um, what's also coming up for me is like having conversations, mm-hmm. uh, talking to people who, who have had completely different experiences than I have, um, completely different opinions. Um, and hopefully coming from a space where I can be in that like hearth room of my mm-hmm. heart mm-hmm. <laughs> where I can be warm and, um, hopefully hear people more fully, um, and and offer compassion whether I agree or not and take away some of the anger and the frustration that we're all feeling this disconnect Mm -hmm. that a lot of us are feeling um you know in the I mean I think you're probably referring a little bit to the election and all of that and what's been really interesting to me is that um uh, there was a lesson that came out of it that I didn't that I didn't uh anticipate and that is so one of the things that I say all the time, uh, all the time, I'm saying this, that I want us to view my goal and my the way that I see people is that everybody is the same. We're all equally valuable and we yeah. are all equally, you know, the same as humans. We just, you know, we have a, we have a different, uh, um, we, we show up differently because we are different in our good, unique ways. We're all unique, but yet the same. And yeah. so... This has really helped me, this election has really helped me remind me of that because even when people are disagreeing with me or, or they're, you know, they're, they're, they're acting out or getting enraged or getting, uh, or bragging or whatever the thing is about things around the election or the state of, uh, of the world today, I keep reminding myself, wait, we're all the same. You know, this is yeah. just their expression of who they are, but we're really still all the same. We're still, we're still not, nobody is better than another or worse than another. So Mm -hmm. it's almost helped me push that a little harder in my belief rather than get mad at them because that sounds like crazy talk or um, be Mm -hmm. like disgusted or offended or whatever the case may be. I'm like, wait, you know what? We're all trying to do, we all have our things that we're trying to do that are really unique and I need to allow that, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's beautiful. And so, I, I agree. I agree. So um, I was wondering if there are some new things that you're curious about, kind of outside of the healing genre mm. um, that you've been spending time on that are kind of calling your interest. Yeah. Um, I feel like I'm kind of revisiting some old things in some ways. And then there are a couple of little new things that are mm. popping up. Um, one of the things that I'm revisiting um, is actually drawing and getting into art a little bit more. I did not um, know that. <laughs> yeah, I've always um, loved drawing. 
actually. And uh, when I was a kid, I was um, so my family was so academically um, driven, Mm -hmm. um, like kind of siphoning me in that direction. And I kind of went with it that um, I didn't take the drawing classes that I would have wanted to take and things like that. Um, I did. I have taken one since I've become an adult. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, I've been seeing it as an avenue for me to bring some of these intentions that I have Mm -hmm. um, to light in that, um, like I'm right now I'm working on a drawing of like a hearth, (laughs) like of a fireplace of, um, of a comfy couch, like where I can, there's a part of like me laying there Mm -hmm. on it. And so I can look at that and see, Oh yeah. Am I, am I doing that? Am I offering that in my life? So like these visual reminders of, um, what I want to do and be in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did a little bit of painting recently too, as well, like working with my throat chakra, that energy, because <laughs> wow. there was a lot of awakening there. So I'm wanting to dive into that a little more, um, and explore just that creative aspect. Um, cause I think that will be really fulfilling for me and That's, it'll probably all stay at my house. Like, right. It's more of like for the healing practice and like uh-huh. just the intention of putting something onto paper. Um, it's so different from the healing work because you, you know, you can't see that there's nothing to show for it. So it's yeah. interesting that you choose that you're choosing things like this. Yeah. And I, I think sometimes I do get kind of lost in the abstractness of, all of the healing work too. So Mm -hmm. this will maybe be a little more grounding for me. Nice. So that's one thing. Um, And yeah. And aside from that, I'm also exploring uh, nonviolent communication ways to really listen to what's going on underneath what's being said. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's been really interesting diving into that. I could probably study that my whole life and right. still have work to do. It's amazing like what kind of patterns are in our head with I what know. we say. Like the language. I've been um been called out on that a lot lately. Not that I'm using bad language, but that the language I'm using to describe my perception of things. Mm-hmm. Um and usually it's language that's uh critical of myself is the body you know right. the, the short yeah. version of that but i don't even realize it because it's been such a pattern so i'm paying so right. much more attention to that lately it's kind of it's kind of like interesting to see how many times i can catch myself and go oh yeah that's that's probably could be said differently um mm-hmm. so language is huge and how we it use is. those words mm-hmm. it is um yeah so i've been looking into that um I was reminded also today of um, this, the idea of restorative justice. Um, I'd heard about it a, several years ago, um, but I'm, I'm kind of interested in learning a little bit more about that and what it is in action. Um, and I, I just heard it brought up in context of like comparing like um, the prison system in America to that of Norway Um and in Norway, they um, have, act- it seemed like little mini apartments, like suite apartments, and they've got um, like more programs to actually get them involved in like nourishing them as human beings mm-hmm. um, with a focus on rehabilitation rather than keeping them somewhere for the rest of their life. So kind of shifting focus. Um, 
So I'm not sure if I, I would necessarily actively get involved in something like that, but I'm just interested in understanding that a little bit more. Um, and then just other fun things like learning more about cooking and <laughs> doing yoga. System, prison systems and other fun things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that I wouldn't necessarily yeah, call that. Yeah, that, that was an interesting segue. So I was, <laughs> I was kind of lost in thought when you were talking about that because it, it, I think that this, again, the environment, the political environment in the, in the United States today is really nudging, uh, tapping a lot of us on the shoulder who have previously not been activists in, in mm-hmm. any specific like yeah. political environment in our country. And I'm the same way. I'm like, I feel this calling starting to come, but I haven't figured out what it is yet. And part of it is I don't think I have enough information to speak intelligently about anything like political, but I agree with you that there are some things that we could so fundamentally change to have better outcomes um, in and prison. The prison system for sure would be one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, we're definitely not not doing it right. No offense to all the people who are working hard at it, because I know people are working hard. It's just mm-hmm. that we have too many people in there. That doesn't seem like we're doing it right. Then ideally, there should be no people in there. Right. You know. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that's what they're seeing in Norway. Like they're trying to rent out their prison space because they don't have enough people to fill them all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it'll be interesting to see if we are able to adopt this other perspective of mm-hmm. what might come. Um, and I'm kind of in similar shoes as you of like not fully having enough information mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to know what to do. And, with everything with the election, like you've said, this also has inspired me to learn more about um, our political system, mm-hmm. um, to learn more about history, which is something that I had no interest in <laughs> for a long time. And I think it's connecting to our humanness in it. For me, mm-hmm. um, I heard somebody or someone wrote an article about politics wanting, needs to grab you in the gut of like, it needs to be emotional. And I think that's happening right now. Right, right. And, um, and, and frankly, like from what I'm hearing of some of the interviews I'm listening to of just starting to understand a little bit more about what's, um, going on and just how everything operates of, I'm just so grateful actually <laughs> for how things are set up and that there is, there is right. a lot of balance and that, um, well, that we I, can trust yeah. some of that. Right. You know? Exactly. So, exactly. And I think, you yeah. know, without picking one side or another, because every I fully believe everybody's entitled to their side for sure. But mm-hmm. um, I think what this is doing is I heard someone say uh, after the election, well, this is the end. This is the end. Mm-hmm. And, but then someone else pointed out, no, you know what? This is the beginning. Yeah. This, like sometimes it takes a disruptor or a catalyst to get everybody to really step up you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and be part of it. And yeah, I, I can for sure say for me, it was pretty comfortable riding it out in the back. And so mm-hmm. um, that's why I feel differently now. Like, yeah, you know, I, regardless of who's up for election or who gets elected, it's more of just really being clear on what I believe in, you know, really understanding yeah. all the issues and understanding the impact of decision A, B, C, D, or E on mm-hmm. downstream. So yeah, it's yeah. been an interesting time for sure. I'm it, I'm kind of surprised it took this long in my life to get to this point. Um, I yeah. I wonder what it's like to be, you know, just entering the uh, age to vote or being mm. in you know a millennial and 
what this look what this feels like to them to be in this environment yeah. right now. You know, right. it's kind of interesting. That's probably a whole other show, though. I'm going way <laughs> yeah, off on a tangent. Totally. Should talk to a political scientist or somebody who who knows this stuff pretty well. Yes, too. although I would I would need to study a little bit before that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I I see that too. I think um, that this is a time for us to yeah really step in our power mm-hmm. um, to know that we can create it here, whether or not um, yeah the government is doing that. And I think that's actually I mean probably part of what a lot of people are wanting, you know, feeling mm-hmm. like it had gotten to be too much. Um, I don't fully know or understand all of that by any means. Mm-hmm. So I, I won't pretend. Um, but yeah, it is a really interesting opportunity um, that we are finding ourselves in. Right. The coasting, so, the coasting days are over, I think is what it is, you know? Yeah. Or, yeah. or, or just be quiet. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. And that's yeah, what I, that's what I could do. I could just be quiet and let, like, let it all be. And, and and again, it's not even about, it's not any, even about, it's just confusion. It's confusion as to how th- some of the things are the way they are. So for me now, it's more of time to get educated if I want to speak up about it to really know what yeah. I'm talking about and understand it. So, um, yeah, and it's a kind of interesting time to be in the world from an energy worker level perspective, don't yeah. you think? I find that it's yeah. just like there's this like surge of energy that'll come through. And I, I look around like, okay, where... Mm-hmm. What just happened? You know, right. where did that come from? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. For those of us who, yeah, pick, feel energy, it can mm-hmm. be overwhelming. And um, if I mean anybody is listening who feels like, hey, I'm feeling this, and I have no idea why, you may right. be empathic and picking up on what the what's going on in the world. Absolutely, um, absolutely. In case you're not already aware, but um, yeah, hey, I actually, think there's. That. Let's hold there. Let's. Let's let's sure. give a let's let's dispel a little a little train a little education here on this one. So, <laughs> sure. Because um, yeah. this was something that I didn't know that I was for most of my life, and then once I someone said, "Oh, you're empathic," um, then I could go, "Oh, you mean like when I walk into, uh, you know, a, 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 a department store and I start feeling all these weird feelings on my body, like a sore knee or mm-hmm. a headache or a sadness." that it's just not me. That's not me. <laughs> I'm telling yeah. you, I could like Google the heck out of things on the way out the door. Like, okay, so I was standing there and my knee hurt and my left ear and I got a, you know, I felt sad. What was that? Um, <laughs> and I learned that um, I could turn that off. I could not pick, I could choose to not pick up everybody's stuff. So I'll let you explain it in a, a better way, but maybe we can help people who have that understand how to sort of like quiet it because mm. it gets really overwhelming. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I just want to add in like that. Um, so an empath is someone yeah, who will pick up energy around them. Um, and so it could be physical, um, like physical pain or sensations in the body or emotional. Mm-hmm. Um, and that it is really just a way of gathering energy about your surroundings, just like you would like looking around a room and mm-hmm. seeing color or hearing sound. So um, in and of itself, it doesn't have to be um, an overwhelming thing. Well, it's like awesome but, at second row at you too. Awesome. Like, <laughs> right. Like, when something good is yes, going on. <laughs> I was like floating yeah. literally two inches off the ground there because it was all super exciting energy. But mm. on the flip side, when I'm at like a, a football game and one team is losing, especially if the team that I'm sitting on the side of is losing, it's almost overwhelming if people are really angry and, um, you know, frustrated and all that. So just to give an example of the difference. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think like one of the keys with that is um, in the moment when you're noticing that you're feeling these things to to check in with yourself and ask you if what you're feeling belongs to you. Mm-hmm. So um, a lot of times, you know, if we are feeling upset, we might be like, oh, yeah, I'm feeling upset because this is why, you know, or Mm -hmm. like, this is something I'm familiar with. I'm pretty sure this is mine. If it's something that you're like, I have no idea where this came from. Most likely it's not yours. (laughs) So sometimes that's enough to dispel it Mm -hmm. And, and really owning and knowing like, this has nothing to do with me. What? Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, I even like, because you know me, I'm a little bit impatient. So I just, my practice, it goes like this now, now that I learned this, when I have sure. a weird, uh, either a f- sudden mood shift that, that makes no sense or, um, or I have a sudden pain or something that makes no sense, I'll just go, well, I mean, I say this to pretty much any pain. I just assume none of them are mine <laughs> until they, until they tap on me, you know, for multiple uh, days. Yeah, but sure. I'll, I'll just say when I have anything like that, I'll say, oh, that's not mine don't want it, you know, and it just goes away. And, um, but sometimes if I feel like it's not going away and I'm still not really convinced that it's mine, I'll say in my mind, I'll say, um, I'm giving back everything I'm carrying for other people and Mm. bring back all my tools. And, Mm. and like instantly I shift. It's just freakish because if you are empathic and you've been in a habit, you know, most of your life, of sort of just like, you know, going around with a big uh, dump truck and bulldozer and hauling up everybody's stuff in your yes. in your big back dump truck pocket. Um, it it just is a habit that you have to almost like consciously break. And, mm-hmm. and um, it's amazing how life-changing it is once you realize it and you change it. Like, yeah, l- totally life-changing. Yeah, it's like taking off a layer. <laughs> of crud that you've a gigantic carrying. thick can't breathe in layer i mean it's big. right right yeah yeah because there's nothing that you can do about it mm-hmm. when you carry around other people's stuff <laughs> you just temporarily remove them from their issues mm-hmm. so they they don't feel as connected to it and yeah and then you carry the burden but it's you can't constructively actually transform it because it doesn't belong to you so right. it's yeah it's very liberating Um, and I, I also like with that intention, like you were saying, I also just breathe deeply and feel that flowing out. So I Mm -hmm. think, um, kind of tuning into however it works best within ourselves of like, sometimes it's feeling it, sometimes it's visualizing it, leaving and going back to where it belongs. Sometimes you have to tell it like you were saying, um, and trusting that whichever manifestation of that we need to do to make it be effective, mm-hmm. that that's okay. Um, yeah. Cause all of us or many of us empaths um, <laughs> work with it slightly differently and that's right. okay. And that, and yeah. so if, I mean, those are two examples of how people do it. And if you have that um, experience of pick of feeling like those shifts in your body or your emotions unexpectedly, and you think you might be an empath, I would highly encourage you to do some Google searching on that and read mm-hmm. about it because it's it's a real thing. And it's uh, once you understand it, it's actually a gift, right? So like I can be around yeah. somebody and sense their mood, which is mm-hmm. a gift in a way. It's just that when I take it, <laughs> that's the right. problem. Yeah, that's the thing. It's, yeah, being yeah. present with it. Right. it. It allows us to develop compassion because we feel what other people are feeling. Um, but yeah, it's not our responsibility 
to right. heal others and um, we can be present and love them right. um, whether they heal or not. Um, but yeah, it's not our job. And that's like the key, like of shifting that belief of um, like, if you think it's your job to fix somebody, then you're likely the one with that dump truck. Right. And, right. <laughs> until you say, no, I'm the only one who can heal me. Right. And you're the only one who can heal you. And I know you can if you right. choose to, right. but you get to choose. Then it's like you're riding free on a bicycle on your own. <laughs> you know, you don't have a dump truck at all anymore. Oh my gosh. It's so different. You know? It's so like and literally different. And in every, I mean, you, it's, it's just, it was life changing for me. This could be, that could be an episode all in and of itself. But since we got on that topic, I thought it was worth um, giving, dispelling a little like wisdom about it because yeah. it, it can be such a life changing experience. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I'm like, um, I, I work with a lot of clients who are empathic too. So if anybody out there is like, Hey, what else do I need to do? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Let me know. Um, they can contact me and I'll, I can give them some good resources. Awesome. Um, I also have um, a meditation on my website that's helpful if in a particular relationship um, somebody is having um, a hard time finding a good balance of, mm -hmm. uh, of that. So like if you're taking on a lot of things from like your child or giving them some of your energy to help them feel better, that's mm -hmm. another tendency that we do. So um, it's called an uncording meditation um, that can be really helpful. So. So that's on my website too. Yeah, good segue. Good segue. Yeah. I was just going to ask, so where can people find you so that they can get a hold of you after the show if they want to ask more questions or have some Reiki mm -hmm. or take some training? Yeah. Yeah. So the best way is on my website um, at embraceyouressence.org. Um, and then that has my email and all my contact information on there um, and a listing of like my classes and mm -hmm. um sessions. And then it would also have that meditation on the resources page. So um, yeah, that's the best way to find out more. Awesome. So um, and, and if you are curious about even distance Reiki, I can attest to the fact that Sarah is phenomenal at it. So even if you're on the other side of the world, um, Sarah's in the Madison, Wisconsin area. And um, that's where her practice is. So if you're here in the area, you can see her in person. But the distance Reiki is um, actually just as effective. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty neat, yeah, <laughs> the stuff that we've uncovered doing things like I know. that. <laughs> yeah, we do have fun, don't we? <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I want to thank you for being on the show and for sharing your story because um, for people who are into, you know, interested in healing arts, it was a really nice path of how you got there, and the work that you do is just so beautiful. Well, thank you so much for having me, Jane. And I always love talking with you. Mm -hmm. So it's nice to explore these things. I know. Super fun. All right. Well, take care. <laughs> yeah, you too. All, All right. right. Bye. Bye. If there's one thing that I hope you'll take away from this episode, it's really the value of exploring alternative healing methods. Um, I think I stepped into that world probably about five years ago before and right now I can't believe the life I'm living quite frankly I mean I'm sitting in a comfortable home with a dog and cat sleeping nearby quite humorously actually and just did a um, couch to 5k workout because I'm training for that the sun is shining I'm content and I feel like through working with people in these modalities I've been able to clear a lot of the baggage that I was hanging on to and just experience life in a new way. 
and especially, especially in a compassionate and self-compassionate way. So I encourage you to explore it. Thanks for listening. So are you following your passion, inspiring people, and willing to share your story? Then find me, because that's what I do. And remember, keep up with all the news by visiting glisteningparticles.com and signing up for the newsletter where you'll get the inside scoop on where I'll be wandering next, some guest updates, and the latest random acquaintance story. For up-to-the-moment shenanigans, follow the show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you see me post from down the road at your local diner, be sure to drop everything and come say hi, because I love to meet the listeners. Until next time, keep shining. Keep shining.